Hey guys, welcome to Cut the Karma. I'm Jess. And I'm Julie. And we are two entrepreneurial sisters and mothers who are into spirituality. We're trying to do better and be better in our everyday lives, and we're sharing our journeys to inspire you to do the same. Hi guys, hello. Welcome back to rule number seven of Dharma, which is reason. Guiding your life with calm reason leads to great success. <laughs> we just take a deep breath and look at each other. Guys, March has been a very expanding month for me, but trying month. And I feel like when you're tried and you trust in yourself and you guide yourself with calm reason, you yeah. really come out the other side. And March has just been really hard for me. Yeah. in so many different ways, but I want to offer one of the situations that I found myself in. Mm -hmm. That has been like looming for years How for many you. Years? Was it like seven? Yep. This poor girl has been going <laughs> through this thing that's been like hanging over her head for seven years mm -hmm. and it just came to a head and a halt in mm -hmm. March. Yeah. And yeah. So basically... In 2015, um, when I had my gym, I was leaving to go take a lunch break. And uh, the apartment that I lived in with Mike was maybe four or five minutes away. So just to break up the stagnation of the workday, I would drive home to have lunch if I could. So I was driving home and I hit a red light and there was a car in front of me and we were both stopped. Um, the turning lane to the left of me got a green arrow, so they started to move, but I, we were still at that red light. Well, my peripheral picked up that they were moving, so I thought we were all moving. I took my foot off of the brake, and my car coasted and bumped into the car in front of me. Mm -hmm. That's an accident, mm -hmm. right? It was a kiss, is what my lawyer called it. <laughs> we pulled off to the side. You know, long story short, there was nothing, there was basically a little paint chip on the bumper, but no one was hurt. Everything was fine, whatever. Two years goes by, and the day before the uh, accident is basically deemed um, non confrontational. Okay. I got a letter from the court stating that I was being sued by her. And they do that often. Like people who like to scam people out of money do that often. Mm -hmm. And they fought it tooth and nail because they came out and took pictures of my car. We did the deposition. It was bogus. Yeah. Um, and this woman is trying to say that she had five or six surgeries from this not even fender bender of an accident. It's like laughable. Yes. And so... Um, it took seven years because they believed it was such bullshit that they were fighting it so hard. And um, then COVID hit and then everything in the court case stopped. And finally, uh, I got a call from my lawyer saying it's going to full-blown court, mm -hmm. meaning because my car insurance wants to fight it that hard, 
because it's such BS. Mm -hmm. They're going to fight it because she was at first suing me for $50,000. And then her lawyer was like, you're never going to get that. So let's drop it to 25. Um, They didn't even want to give her a cent for it. Um, But it wound up going to court where there's a judge. There's, you know, obviously the The plaintiff, the defendant, the defendant, the jury. There, There was 40 to 50 people there that day and it was supposed to be two to three days long of a court situation oh my god and i just you know what angered me was that this woman was lying Mm -hmm. and so even in the deposition i chose to tell them my side of the story and then i left because i knew if i sat there and heard her lie it would eat me inside. I don't like liars mm-hmm. and I can sniff them out. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I can't do it. And so anyway, um, I did a lot, like I did a lot of spiritual stuff for this and I wanted to share with you guys the types of things that I did mm-hmm. to help me calm myself down so that I did get great success out of it. Well, and not only was it like the trial that was making you mad and the lies that this woman was saying and just having to to just be involved in this process, it was leading up to the trial, like you had to make sure that you cleared your work schedule, you had to make sure you had people to watch the kids, you had to make sure like you had to set up your life to accommodate mm-hmm. this trial, which is just as exhausting and like upsetting right. and nerve wracking than actually just going to the trial. It's yeah, it's so, rearranging your life for it. Right. Basically what happens is that when you're going on to, to trial, they put your name in a fishbowl and they take three months. And within that three months, they just keep picking the next trial out of the fishbowl. Oh. And wherever you are in that three months. So I knew that in March, April, or May, some day for three days I was going to court, but I didn't know what. So I had to be very careful of what I scheduled and who was going out of town because I needed help and all that stuff. I mean, it affected a lot of people in my inner circle because I couldn't say that I can't go to court because of X, Y, and Z. You have to be open. Yeah, you have to be there when they tell you to go. Right, so it was creating a lot of agita within me. Um, So basically what I did was, number one, I did cord cuttings with me and the woman. And I didn't do cord cuttings to say, like, I knew better that psychically I knew I was going to go to court. But there was something in me that was saying that, I wasn't going to have to go for two to three days. I was. It was only going to come out to be one day, um, even though they kept saying to me I had to plan that. Mm-hmm. But so I had to plan it. Mm-hmm. But there was something, you know, my intuition was telling me different. And then also the, um, excuse me, I I forget what I was. I was just saying the cord cutting. The, the cord cutting. So. I was doing a lot of cord cutting to say that, not that this wasn't going to go to court, but to cut her energy from mine. I knew she had daggers out for me. I felt it and I felt it for seven years. And so I have done a couple of cord cuttings with her to say like, stop, you know? And I'm really sorry you're in a bad position that you have to bring someone to court to get money. Yeah, Like I'm really sorry you're in that position. 
but like you have to stop doing this to me and so i would do a lot of cord cuttings i sent her a ton of love and light i sent her so much love and light because i feel bad for someone who's in that position yeah i do and i did a lot of meditating and i went into my heart and i asked my guides to help me find a higher perspective and they were basically like listen any person a lot of people get scared going into the court because it holds a lot of authority and power and they broke down all the authority and power to basically the bare bones minimum to make me realize that that judge is a father or a grandfather or a mother or a grandmother. They have the same stories. They have the same shit going on that you do, mm -hmm. that anyone else does. And they reminded me in my energetic upgrades, it doesn't matter who I read for because I've read for a lot of people in high up positions. Mm -hmm. I have. And I've also read for 14, 15 year olds mm -hmm. that are figuring their stuff out. And you know what we all have when it comes down to it. And when you pull all those layers off in the positions and everything, we all have that same issue where we're humans and we have the same thoughts in our mind. Yeah. So my guides really were breaking down all of the people, even the lawyers and everything that we are really all connected universally by the heart. And we all have our unique lessons, but like, don't look at it, that person as a person of authority. Don't. Mm. It's there's there's nothing there. Mm. They're they're trained to hold a position. The only thing that they have differently than you is the education behind it to right. understand it. But that doesn't mean that they don't have everything else going on in their life. Right. You know. And so they really broke down that for me. And they also said, if you don't understand the architecture of the court, you're going to feel as though that the energy and the power of the building is going to swallow you whole. Wow. And they said, you have to understand that it was built this way for specific reasons. And they broke down the architecture of the courthouse and they said they wanted me to find beauty in it. And that will slow down all of my senses going back to last week's the control of senses, yeah. like finding a meditative state, slowing your breath, knowing who you are, what you are, how you serve. Um, they just really talked me through everything. And it was funny because normally in not that I've ever been to court before, but in any situation that would normally flare me up, I would get very quiet and snappy for many days leading up to a situation. Mm -hmm. And I was very open. I was free flowing for a long time. And Mike just kept complimenting me. Yeah. He was like, what is happening? I'm like, dude, I've done so much work around this. Like, I'm good. I know who I am. I know that story. And I know that this is bullshit. And there's only love and love, love and light surrounded it right now. I mean, that is huge for you. And I commend you for that because if this was years, know, ago? years ago, you would have been a complete, like you would have been a wreck. I would have had oh, diarrhea for yes. weeks, all day, every day. <laughs> you would have. I would have not, I would have been sweating any underwear, yes. bra, any clothes that I put on, I'd sweat through it in a second. I know. Uh -huh. I would have been, she would have been on the phone with me, like. Crying every day. Crying every yeah. day. I mean, so that is. A gigantic uh, step forward. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And so basically what happened, you guys, is I went in there and um, I, I was good. And Mike, Mike came with me to support me. And um, 
the funniest thing, you guys. We walk in and I was trying to just take in the beauty. There was so much stained glass and like a lot of detail in, you know, certain parts of the building. And when I was in the room waiting for like the lawyers to talk to the judge and everything, I just sit there by myself next to the plaintiff for oh. a while. And she had her face like in her, like, uh, you masks were optional, whatever. So she had her mask off of her, but it was in her hands. She basically had her face like buried in her hands and in her mask. She wouldn't lift, lift her head up. Really? And here I am like, getting really curious about like, look at that stained glass. And I was thinking about mom because she just took a, a class and I'm thinking about everything else other than what I'm there for because what I'm there for is none of nothing. It's nothing. That's because she felt ashamed and guilty. That's why she had her face buried right. in her hands right. and her mask. And if someone was there to read body language, they would know that I, I had nothing to do with this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and... I really was just curious about everything. And then there was this woman who worked there, an elderly woman and an elderly man. And she walks up to him and she goes, Harry, can you look at my necklace? Are my diamonds facing towards you? Or are they into my body? Because it's such a beautiful necklace. I want it to be facing out. And he's like, Oh, Patricia, it's facing out. It's beautiful. And then he goes, and while you're here, can you check this tag on my coattail? And like, here they're part of the court system. And then she starts saying how Carol, the woman who leads the whole jury to where they have to stay to up to the courtroom got lost and she's been there for years <laughs> and she got lost and they're cracking up about how she knows exactly where Sweet C is. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm laughing inside and I'm like this is a oh normal day at work yes. for them yes and right. it brought me such peace and yeah. calm and joy and I was laughing and I I was hanging on to that you know yeah and then what happened was my lawyer came out and he said the judge looked at this and said this is absolute bullshit why are you here you're wasting my time you should have figured this out and he says, just figure it out and throw her a little bone and the lawyers, the lawyer, her lawyer, a little bit of a bone, because if they would have went through this, they would have not walked out with any money at all. And that lawyer wouldn't have made money. And lawyers kind of look out for one another in a way mm -hmm. sometimes. So she walked away. The lawyer walked away with a little bit of money, but we it didn't even go into the court wow. situation because the judge was just like, this is BS. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy it turned out that way. I knew it was going to turn out that way. Yeah. Like, there's just no other option. No. Because it, it was BS. It's, there's no reason that all 40 jurors had to take off of work and not get paid. That you get paid maybe $9 an hour or something when you go to the court. Like, I, and I actually was praying and connecting to all the hearts of the jurors to say, I'm sorry that my F up that little slip up has caused you to be here and taken away from your family, find babysitters for your, for right. your, for your kids, for taking away from big, you know, things that you may be going through in your work, in your lives. Yeah. Like I actually did a lot of work around that too and connecting to the jury. Yeah. And here it was such a beautiful day. The judge says, let everyone go and experience this gorgeous day. And I, we were out by like 10, 20. Wow. In the morning. That's crazy. And so I said to the my lawyer, I was like, so like, I'm done, right? Like this is a hundred. He's like, it's it. That's it's gone. Done. Seven years. 
gone. Oh my gosh. Seven years of that looming yeah. just to be thrown out mm-hmm. and I so, mean, not have to worry about it. Yeah. So it's really finding reason. It's finding the reason in everything of why are we here? What does this mean? Why is the reason that her life and my life came together? Right. You know, and it's finding a higher perspective and a deeper meaning and pulling in your guides. And, you know, we are never alone. Yeah. We're never alone. And when we really lean into our heart center and ask our guides and our loved ones on the other side to help us, mm-hmm. they are there. And I am so grateful for my spiritual practice i feel like that's something that i need to start uh reaching for more often like i do i know through you and from your teachings that they are accessible to us they're right Mm -hmm. there they're waiting for us to ask for help they're Mm -hmm. waiting for us to acknowledge them and to talk to them and to include them and everything but i forget that a lot especially when I'm in the moment of nervousness or worry or fear or any of that. And I just have to remember that I have that option to reach out. And as soon as I do, and as soon as I I have in the past, it helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we have free will. So that's part of our whole spiritual aspect is like our guides will not come in and help us unless we unless ask. we ask because that's part of our human experience is realizing that there's magic within us and around us right. and because we are born with that forgetfulness veil around us which is kind of like hey do you remember who you are and do you remember your family because mm-hmm. we have you know a family other than our physical family here on earth like our soul contract family mm-hmm. and our guides and god and yeah, yeah. whoever you believe in so do you lean into it right you know it's so important for us when our back is up against the wall to know who we go to but also when things are going really well who do we go to? And it's not just in our human life. Mm-hmm. There is a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. There is an absolute reason why you have a hangnail on your pinky fingernail. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is teaching you something. So what is the reason? Wait, can you tell me what the reason is that I can't get this waterproof mascara off? It's been there for three days. Oh my God, go into your heart. <laughs> you I it's like caked on. Why did you do that? I... I I buy waterproof mascara without even knowing I do that do by that accident. Too. And I hate it. And then I go to wash my face and I'm like, shit, it's waterproof. Did you ever use like coconut oil? Oh, no, that's a good idea. I should do that. But this has been caked on my lit my eyelashes for like three days. I can't get it off. Oh, I hate it. What's that reason? I don't know. You're going to have to go into a meditative state for that one. Look at the package before I buy. Yeah, I'd slow down. Sorry, I just had to add that, that in there. That was just really funny. But yeah, it, use coconut oil. That's a good idea. I should have I known that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you should have. Well, because then I get in like a state of panic because uh, what happens is... You have to me- calm your senses. Well, it's messing with my senses. It's your messing sight? with my sight because... Um, it's heavy on my eyelids mm-hmm. and it's bothering me so much. I feel like I have gunk on my eyes. Right. And then I start getting all like worked up about it and everything and then forget what I know. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. But yeah, slow down. <laughs> anyway, a little segue yeah, right there. That's really interesting. Just about waterproof mascara. Yes. Um, but really, when you do calm everything down, you find the flow. Yeah. You open up the gates and you find the flow and the understanding and the reason and you trust and you lean into it and everything makes so much sense. And I know why that happened to her and I. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. You know, so. I think um, one of the teachings that your spirit team taught you around this, I really took that to heart because I have always had a tough time with, especially when I was younger, I'm starting to get better at it now, but when I was younger, I've always been extremely intimidated by people of authority and Mm. not just like, like policemen or whatever, but like teachers, um, leaders, uh, anybody that I saw as being like, higher than me or stronger than me or smarter than me I would like cower to Mm -hmm. and it's like I it was it would always be hard for me to look at those people and like speak and talk and look at them in the eye because I always felt so much less than and so much weaker than people that were held in higher positions Mm. but I love how you say that they're just people like I don't I never looked at it that way that they're just people I think now as I've gotten older and I have way more life experience behind me I'm able to see that more Mm -hmm. um you know everybody has life experience everybody has been through things everybody struggles everybody has their hardships these people are just you know mothers like you said mothers and aunts and sisters and brothers and uncles and grandparents and and everyone has a child inside of them yeah and and everyone yeah has unhealed things going on within them like if you were to actually if I were to sit down with that judge and have dinner with them Mm -hmm. I I would realize like oh my god you're just a normal person why do in my mind I make up this whole holier than thou situation in my mind I know when he could really be like not even know how to use a remote on the tv you know what I mean Well, and it's like when you think of it you know these people that are in these positions this is their job Mm -hmm. so they are they're playing a role Mm -hmm. they're fulfilling that the role of their job Mm -hmm. yes they might have gone to school for years to learn the education and have the knowledge behind being able to uh perform their job that we don't know Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're less than but it's also that's a fraction of who they are and my guides were actually the other day they were talking to me about my job and how too many people put way too much emphasis on that they are their job and their job is them that's not true right it's not and to open up your life and realize that there's so many other things right and you know that's that's actually like a gift and they were telling me that in meditation and i really appreciated that yeah well it's kind of like falling under the the whole label scenario that Mm -hmm. we've talked about many times in the past on this podcast is not labeling yourself as You know, people, I feel like the first thing people answer to or the first question that's asked, oh, 
you know, hi, I'm Julie. Oh, hi, Julie. What do you do? Right. And it's like, well, this is what I do, but That's is that not who I am? Yeah. yeah like, right. is there any other? Is there anything else you want to ask me? Right. Like, yeah. Or like, describe yourself. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm 40 years old. I, you know, I'm a massage therapist and aromatherapist and a business owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. nice, but who are you? <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. That would be like a great icebreaker in like a connecting network thing. Like other, who are you besides your job? Well, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Because people go to, I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, you know, chef. So who would you be? I don't know. I'd, I I think I would have to um, like really think about what my answer would be to that. Yeah. Without without falling into labeling myself, you know? Well, I think that you're like a funny, free, wild, like, personality. <laughs> That's what you thought? I just saw Norv again. No, I, th- I think of you as like a free soul traveling spirit that's like what you want you yeah. know like yeah so it's kind of describing but, who you are in your personality right and like what well, and your soul and your soul's mission like what do you yeah. want out of life why are you here mm-hmm. what are you seeking right you know because that brings you success not our job not exactly. our authority right not even our power but it's a really our magic well, and it kind of goes to your dharma, you know, like what is your life's purpose? You can f- you can fulfill your life's purpose through many different jobs, mm-hmm. many different avenues of employment mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it doesn't, you're not, you don't have to fulfill your life's purpose through your, through a specific job. You know what I mean? Well, not to even that. To- like someone could be a secretary, but then they go home and they knit hats for children with cancer. Exactly. You know? Right. Which yeah. is awesome. Anyway, we're yeah. off on a tangent. But um, yeah, I wanted to share that story with you guys just because I'm hoping that it could help somebody out there. Yeah. Thank you for that. It helped me. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next Monday. Bye.